the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. We all know people, Kathleen and I sure do, who have left California in the last two or three months or years saying things like, I want to leave California and move to America. And between cost of living or our special interest dominated government we have, yeah, there's a lot of problems. We deal with, of course, the high cost of living, failing schools, and for those of us in the Christian community, the fact that Hollywood and Big Tech, who are both headquartered in our state, that has some pluses, but it has a lot of downsides in terms of culture. So great guest today, Alan Stevo, an author and economist. He lives in what I consider to be the belly of the beast, San Francisco. He has an interesting perspective on our situation here in California. He's an influential writer And we find uh, that Alan thinks of angles that you may not have otherwise thought of. He's also been a tireless advocate for more fair treatment of individuals under the law for over two decades. Kathleen just finished finished one of his recent books called Face Masks in One Lesson. Uh, Alan's lectured at MIT, University of Chicago. He's published in the New York Times, not one of my favorites, and the Epic Times, one of my favorites. And he published an article that really got our attention just recently called A Test to See If You Will Give Up Your Guns. That's kind of a follow-up to our show last week with Michael Schwartz on gun rights. But this article is more about gun rights. It's more about saying no to tyranny and how we must do it every day. So welcome to our show, Alan. Thank you, Brian and Kathleen. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be with you. That's great. Yes. Well, we want to discuss your article because it's. Uh, I know you've written a lot of things, but this article is so good. It shows uh, some real observations of what it means to live here in California in 2022. I want to start right off with a quote of yours from the article. It says, It never fails that no matter how people denigrate the state of California as lost or hopeless, it remains the state. With the most conservatives in the country, the state with the most libertarians in the country, and the state with the most devout religious folks in the country who know that their rights do not come from paper or from man. That is not something you hear very often in what's considered a liberal, deep blue state, and certainly our government and overall uh, percentages, I think, would bear that out. But we have a population of 40 million, which means... Even though conservatives may be in the minority, there's a lot of conservatives, a lot of Christians in this state, aren't there? You are you are so spot on with that, Brian. And you know what? If 
if you get 10 miles inland anywhere in California, and I, I lived in California for a number of years and didn't even realize this. I'm a transplant from, uh, from Chicago. Um, it, if you get 10 miles inland, you're like in the American heartland. It is, there's, there's anything that you would imagine that's as American as apple pie is present there. And, and you got people with happy to have their guns, happy to be going to church, churches that never closed down, people not wearing face masks, people living free lives, people farming their land, people, people doing the things that, that free people do all over the place. And, and, you know, you get along the coast, you have a different environment. And I get that. It's almost like two different states, like a lot of states are. And, and it's real easy for people to say, you know, it's time to give up on California. I got to get out of here. Well, a problem I've been seeing over the last two years is that the, the, the folks who left California are just behaving the same way where they moved to. And, and when I say behaving the same way, it's not necessarily about, about voting. Um, it's, more, it's more a question of when you're walking through life, are you defending freedom at the various places that you come across resistance? Or are you just kind of going along to get along? And until someone, I, I, I believe, until someone is known by their local representatives, uh, they have no business saying, I'm giving up. This activism doesn't work here. And, and it's to the point that if you walk into the room, the school board member, the, the, the county board of supervisor member, whoever it might be, the congressman even, whoever it might be that, that you're interested in, in influencing, you are no activist until you walk in the room and they clench. You see their muscles clench when they hear your voice. They know who you are. They know what you're about. Until that moment in your life where you're that, you, you have no business saying, I've tried and I'm ready to leave. No, you haven't tried. Until you're at that point, I, I, I don't believe you're actually an activist. That is so true and such a good perspective to have. And yes, it's not that hard to get to know your representatives, your county supervisor, your school board members, your congressman, and we do. And and hopefully, I think our representatives know who we are when we walk oh, in the Oh, I room. think they do. Yeah. And, so, and a lot of times, it may be like what Ellen just yeah. said. But <laughs> they may start clenching. So thanks, Ellen, but, for saying that that's not a bad thing. But I want to say that... Uh, California, as you say in your article, it may very well be the place with the greatest tyranny in the in the country, but it may also very well be the place with the greatest freedom in the country. The battle for the soul of our civilization takes place at these extremes and their convergence every day in the lives of many Californians. It's impossible to ignore the creeping evil. It's so imposing and in your face. And and just being a native Californian and you've lived here a long time, Alan, but, but I grew up here. I lived in Central California growing up, and then I lived in the Bay Area nine years, and then we've lived here in the Southern California for almost 18 years. So I know California pretty well, all the parts of it. And like you say, inland from the coast, it's like the Midwest of, of, of our You know, it's similar, and I've lived in the Midwest as well. There's family values, there's churchgoers, there's people that just want to raise a, a good family with good values. And, but we do have the extremes, like you say. We had the hippie movement in the, in the 1960s, but we also have the Jesus movement. And we've, we've had these different movements on different extremes, but 
we all get to know each other or, you know, we, we're used to living in a diverse population and we're used to getting along somehow. But w- like you say, we have to fight the evil. We, we, we that have our values of freedom, we can recognize the evil and we know we have to keep fighting it because we have these, these uh, influences here like big tech and Hollywood. So would would you want to comment on that? Because <laughs> you've lived here a long time, too, and you're right in San Francisco. Right downtown. Kathleen, Kathleen, you are so spot on talking about these, you know, these extremes. And this is, you know, the more probably in your guys' own spiritual walks, you've probably noticed this. You know, the more, the closer you get to God, the more the devil comes after you, you know, the more, the more there's, there's hardship sometimes, the, the closer, the better you get, the more you build yourself up. And, and you kind of, instead of, instead of real, instead of saying, oh, why does this happen to me or anything like that? You know, it's almost a, it's almost a, something to be proud of that, that when I was, when I was six years old, there were battles in life I couldn't fight. When I was 20 years old, there were battles in life I couldn't fight. Today, there are battles that I can fight that I would never have dreamed of being able to fight. And this is like daily life in California where you have like these extremes that you speak of, these like extreme evils and extreme goods going on at the same time. And, you know, that might just be reality for a long time in California, that, that those extremes exist next to each other. And, and maybe it isn't, I don't know. And at the same time, though those extremes exist, you know, there's even positives in those extremes. There's, yeah. For example... If, if we go, you know, there's, there's such, a, such a movement in California to just uh, cause police officers to feel like they do not matter, to demoralize them. And I don't care. I don't care for the, the, the extremes of that movement. Um, at the same time, there is this, this kind of attitude from the police that they're supposed to uh, be public servants, that they're not supposed to uh, give anyone too hard of a time because they've had a bad day. And this is very different from how it exists in many red states. So it's in Idaho. Idaho is supposed to be a free place. I, I, I've heard from readers of mine the most tyrannical stories of what the police have done. Really? And it would never happen in California. Never, ever, because the police just don't have that latitude here. So, you know, blue states... When you're, when you're in opposition, when you're in the minority, it's important to remember that you have some, some ability, some latitude that you wouldn't have in a red state the same way. Can you just touch on what happened in Idaho that your reader told you about? Um, sure. Uh, let, me, let me speak about one, just about one matter. That's uh, uh, baby Cyrus is how the grandfather, the, the grandfather of the baby is a blogger. Um, and they're moving to Florida now, as far as I understand the family. But this was, this was earlier this year. Um, his grandson, uh, was a newborn. He was not, he was not, uh, he was not, uh, latching well. He was not taking the breast milk well and he was getting sick as well. And he was losing weight, which is normal for newborns when they're not eating enough. Mm-hmm. And it, it turned into a whole, uh, Bring, the doctor needs to report what they're seeing to the social worker. The social worker needs to report it to police. And before you knew it, the baby who needed to be with his mother and to be breastfeeding and for them to be trying to work that out, the baby was taken by the state. 
Um, incredible, incredible. That would be one one example. And I know I know that same kind of thing can happen in in California, of course, right? With with child child laws are very very whatever whatever. The same thing could happen in California, but you know it happened in Idaho or or in Idaho uh, in 2020 and in 2021. You know, there's the mother, the mother at the playground. Uh, the playground's supposed to be closed. You got a lot of mothers there, um, letting their kids play on the closed playground. The police show up to close down the playground. Police, armed police officers, show up in Idaho to close down a playground because of COVID. And uh, oh, a mother wow. stands up and she says, "No, no, no! Don't do this. My kids want to play. Don't do this." She gets arrested. And <gasps> That would have been that would have been awful if it stopped there, but this is this is part of like the the good extreme. Within two hours, the mayor of that town was not able to have uh, dinner uh, peacefully because he had forty, sixty residents outside saying that mother had to be released from custody. Right? That's a that's a beautiful thing. That's a wonderful thing about a state like Idaho that you you have some of those some of those uh, grassroots pro-freedom uh, networks built up. And, and that's what's happening in California right now as well. We, we might not be to that extent right now, but a joy of 2020 is how it has built up some of these networks. I have seen that throughout this whole COVID experience. And I just got back from a rally where we are wanting to remove the vaccine mandates from the city employees. They've been removed most everywhere, even in L.A., that's been a big success, except no, not San Diego. They're still requiring it of their city employees. So it's not going to be over until all the mandates are removed from everywhere because, you know, medical mandates just are not appropriate for anything. And I know that as a nurse, but we are starting to see more of it. And, and it, it just depends on all the individuals. And as you say, you know, here we are. We have this reputation of the woke gone wild, and some Californians run to another state because of that. Some hide in California, some ignore the eagle, evil, yet others combat it and walk in their own free existence. And maybe people in red states aren't quite as used to this overreach that we've seen, uh, but, but we... In California, we're a little more rugged. We've seen a lot of weird things, right? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it is California, and there is a kind of a spirit of libertarianism, and some people have come here from other states to experience that, and I've seen that living here of so many years. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of diversity. And I hope we don't ever lose that. Sometimes I, I get concerned. Sometimes I get concerned that we might lose that traditional spirit of independence. But we're seeing a lot of hopeful things, Ellen. Yeah, and, and maybe I'm... in the red states, there is this more, this a greater sense of go along to get along. Uh, but, but, you know, everyone's had to react to these, these mandates and these, this overreach. And, and we're not going to ha- be able to let up, are we? Uh, we're just going to have to keep going with this that, battle. That, that, <laughs> This, this, what you said, Kathleen, this, we're not going to be able to let up. That's so important what you're saying that, you know, there's, we had a period in American history where, where there was, you know, post-World War II, there was a lot of, of 
money around. People were able to live like trust fund babies, essentially, even if they were middle class. And uh, you could kind of take for granted that there was there was so much freedom. Um, this, this is just like, it's not something that we can take for granted any longer. No. It, it's the, the, it, the norm throughout all human history is you need to work every day of your life. You need to you need to provide for yourself every day of your life. There's no there's no 30 years of retirement where you get to sit in front of the television. That's not part of human history. Just even even old grandpa, old grandpa who can't do much else. At least he's expected to watch the kids a little bit while while mom's cooking or something like that. Right. That That's that's human history. Yeah, why waste your sister? later years? I mean, do some good before you die. I know what you're saying, though. Just, when I grew up yeah. in Michigan, the typical family was the mother stayed at home with at least four or five kids. We had a lot of Catholics around our neighborhood. We weren't Catholic, but everybody, it seems like, had at least four or five or six kids. And the mother stayed at home with the kids, which was great. And the dad might be a factory worker, but he was a member of the United Auto Workers or he worked at Ford or GM, and they just lived fine. Went on vacations every year, had a couple cars, single-family home. It was a different world. Yeah, I, I suppose I suppose we're going to go back there. And I, some of the people who I know who've left California, one reason they've left, and I think this is kind of a good reason, one reason they left is during times of crisis, they wanted to be closer to family. Um, they don't know what's going to happen, and they want to hunker down close to family. And that makes sense to me, to be close to family. And that's like another way COVID kind of brought about, or the corona communism, I'll call it, brought about more of these traditional values. And I like what Kathleen said, the word she used, rugged. Rugged to describe a Californian? How many people in the country would not be able to fathom why, why such a word could even be used? But it's true. Well, that's what I like, Ellen. You bring, uh, as I mentioned in my introduction, you bring a certain perspective that I don't see even on the, even on the Newsmaxes, Fox News, and so on—a a unique perspective. So, Kathleen, you were well, going to say something. And continually saying no to evil, which is what you stress in your article, even maybe two hundred times per day, per week, or however many times it takes, you just keep saying no. You keep pushing forward, you keep going against the evil and even maybe going on the offense. And that's what we're doing with a lawsuit to get rid of these mandates. We're seeing lots of lawsuits go forward now here in California against, you know, them. We want to stop them from doing this ever again. So, yes, you develop this ruggedness of practicing it every day. And, and then you say that then the government's never going to be able to get to the point where they even try to take your guns. <laughs> so um, That's back to, the, you know. back to the original uh, title of your article relating to a test for whether you will give up your guns. And that, isn't that related, Ellen, to this, what Kathleen was just mentioning about saying, I think you bring out that point, you've got to be practiced in saying no to authorities, otherwise... If well, they come and get your guns, where where are you going to find the words or the intestinal fortitude to say no yeah, to, a, to a government it'll be official? Too late. But it is a process of discernment as to when to say no. I mean, you don't say no to all authority, but when it's overreaching and it's inappropriate, which, Unconstitutional. It, which we have really seen lately, then you absolutely do, right? I want to see what Ellen says, though. 
you guys are spot on, spot on. You know, this I've written since since uh, just just before the the lockdowns began. I've been writing about the lockdowns, about face masks. April third, twenty twenty, is when the CDC put the face mask guidance into into place, um, and my readers have been writing me saying, "Hey." Uh, the lockdowns. I'm figuring out how to how to live life, but these face masks. I can't figure out what to do. So a bunch of readers and I were putting our heads together for for a few months, saying, "Hey, this is working for me in San Francisco. How's it working in New Hampshire for you? How's it working in Arizona for you?" And we're just shooting emails back and forth. And this book, Kathleen was mentioning, uh, face masks in one lesson. It comes from it comes from this this conversation with readers. And the book came out in November 2020, and it was. Uh, it was a bestseller its first week out and the it just it gives you a way to never wear a face mask again it lets you do it ethically it lets you do it legally um it it, it lets you do it without putting yourself or others in in harm's way um the the point of the book though it is about face masks it is about stopping wearing face masks and i wrote another that's kind of a follow up that that demonstrates how harmful face masks are for you. And that's called face masks for kids. So I'm, I'm quite focused on this face mask topic. Um, and a lot of my friends have moved on to vaccines and I, I predicted this would happen and I'm okay with that and all kinds of other topics. I want the face masks to go away. And yeah. as Kathleen, as Kathleen was saying before, Kathleen, there's many people out there who talk about, Oh, until there's a mass movement, this won't change. Kathleen said something very different. Just, uh, Two, two exchanges ago, she said something like, uh, uh, it, it all comes down to the individual making a decision. Something like that, Kathleen said. And this is what it comes down to. It really, I, I don't care if there's 51% doing something, 33%, 3%. If you are standing up in your own life, you're not going to be shot down. You're going to figure out, if you can say no to the face mask, you can say no to the vaccine, you can say no to all kinds of other things. And it, the mechanics are the same. If you're going to say yes yeah. to the face mask, sometimes you're gonna, you just haven't heard the right reason to, have, to, to take the shot. You just haven't heard the right reason yet to give up your guns. You're just, that's, the, just, that's what you've trained yourself to do. And the face mask is this opportunity to, to say no to illegitimate authority. And, I think one and of the really toughest environments to not wear a mask, I, I went to the dentist yesterday and I did not wear a mask, but they didn't, some were wearing masks and some weren't, so I can't say they were really trying to enforce it. But isn't that one of the toughest environments? Because these offices all have these uh, things posted on the wall. The California Department of Public Health says all staff and all patients must wear a mask. Any tips from either you or your readers on how to deal with that? Totally. So I know in in every county in this country right now, there's three, four, five doctors, rural counties, urban counties, three, four, five doctors that are not putting up with this nonsense. And it used to be easy. You used to just be able to go to any doctor and expect some level of, some level of treatment. At this point, though, there's no reason you should be going to a doctor who even wears a mask, let alone puts a mask on you. I agree. Um, yep. So you just need to, if you can find the work, I bet you I can find you a dentist. I bet you I can find you a dentist in 10 minutes. It's just, it might be time to say goodbye to the dentist, to the doctor who, who lost their mind and hasn't come back because they're just waiting for, uh, they're just waiting to prove themselves to you further that they don't put your interest first, but they have some other agenda. And you don't want that in a dentist or a doctor. You want someone who's going to say no matter what, and this is what the Hippocratic Oath says, this is what medical ethics 
going back 2,500 years says, no matter what, the doctor is going to uh, do, do what is in the patient's best interest, no matter what the rest of the world says. That's the nature of the Hippocratic Oath. Absolutely. And maybe it's comparable to the principle that Rudy Giuliani set in New York City. Uh, we're going to stop the graffiti before we stop the other big crimes, because if you stop the small crimes, they can't ever get going toward, to the big crimes. I, I see that as the mask you know, mandate. Uh, stop it where it's not as harmful as the vaccine, but it's still compliant. So I, I totally agree. And you can change doctors. Yeah, fine. By the way, I found a doctor that would not did not require the mask, and I'm going to go to him. I had to change doctors. Yep. Yeah, so, your original yeah. doctor was wearing a mask even on a telemedicine appointment, sitting alone oh. in his office. <laughs> yeah. He was wearing on a mask. Computer. I guess that made him feel more... But, so we're getting we're getting to the latter part of the show. We've I, I want to end on an up note. We've had some big victories in California lately, like stopping the new mask mandates that they recently tried to put into place in LA People County. Aren't buying it anymore. There was a lot of pushback yep. that failed. They pulled back that terrible public health officer in Los Angeles had to pull back and reverse herself, but Alan, just tell us real quick, um, how can people buy your books? How can people find your articles? Absolutely. You know, I have a website, realstevo.com. I'd like you to sign up there. I'll, I'll be sending you daily messages of encouragement. You're going to love it. And if you don't want to do by email, you, you, you can sign up with your phone real quick. Text the number TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, the word TRUTH, to the number 33777. And I, I want to be the voice of encouragement telling you these stories that like, like Brian just said about the, the victory in LA um, and the many victories. I travel up and down the coast all week. I meet with organizers. I meet with small groups. I do some organizing and it's amazing what I see. California is waking up and we are winning. We are hey. winning. And you even say that people should move here to join in the fight instead of fleeing to other states. But thank you so much for being with us. It's Thanks been a Ellen. We'll really talk to you again. Interesting discussion. And, and yes, um, we hope to have you on again, and our listeners can go to your website. It's Alan Stevo, and he's the author of uh, The Masks in One Lesson. Bye, Alan. To bless your neighbor, think of how you can stand strong for good right here in our beautiful state. There's a reason God has put you here. Perhaps it is so you can be on the tip of the spear in the battle for good and freedom. Till next week. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.